Hey, y'all, I want you to check out Brooklyn Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games. It's like a monthly zine subscription. Each issue is chock full of imaginative, useful information you will use at your table. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games for a new issue in your mailbox or inbox every month. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards Halloween Special. Joined today by my co-hosts Ryan of Appendix N and Tim of The Other Side Blog. Well, thank you. Welcome. How are you all doing? (laughs) I'm doing great. Thanks. Doing pretty good. Pretty good. So we're gonna it's 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 today well actually today when this airs it's halloween yes oh it's one of my favorites <laughs> <laughs> yep i have two favorite holidays halloween and may day <laughs> <laughs> those are my top two and halloween i get to pull out my mask I, i've been collecting uh collecting president masks lately in the last couple of years i've got nixon nice Reagan and, and Clinton, and I need to, I need to, I need to start expanding from there. <laughs> yeah. It scares, it scares everyone in the neighborhood. <laughs> right. Excellent. What are we going to talk about today on Halloween? Horror movies. Candy apples and razor blades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm tr- still trying to find those uh, houses that supposedly give out their edibles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, right? wait, wait, wait a second. When did this happen? <laughs> right? I would like that. I would visit that house often. <laughs> I, I would yeah. come up with different costumes. You got to find the really rich stoners, man. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I was a big Fangora fan. And, and I was I was I, I would always read that that stuff. I think that when it comes to scary movies and horror movies, I'm a little out of date most of the time. I was really into that old stuff. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the old stuff is great. I mean, Hammer is some of my favorite stuff. And then all that cheese that we got in the 80s. Oh, yeah. But I mean, today we've got some really great indie stuff that I think I actually oh. saw Tim posting about today that I've been following for a few years now coming out of. And uh, the, this the studio that does the uh, the promotions for this stuff, A24, does yes. really great. They do really great indie films, period. Mm-hmm. All of their dramas and their documentaries are really good. But they have been hitting home runs on the horror front oh my left God, yes. and right. I mean, they did, they did Midsommar, which is very much a Northern European tribute to The Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies of all time. Period. Right. Oh, I love the Wicker uh, Man. I definitely. <laughs> Midsummer is kind of like a darker rendition of that. I did and, see. Uh, I did see. I yeah. did see Midsummer. Um, they they got a twenty four really got on the map. They're the studio that put out the Witch and the Witch. Yeah, is I like started, that. Yeah, that, I love that movie. Obviously. Yeah, that that's what started drawing attention to their to their horror films. Mm-hmm. And after that, same director did Midsummer, and uh, no, I'm sorry. I believe that it's uh, the director of Hereditary also did Midsummer. Yes. Right. Another and Heredi- great one. Hereditary was phenomenal, too. I was not expecting 
what that turned out to be. And I'm not going to talk too much about what the movie turns into just because for those in the know who have occult knowledge as part of their background, what it turned into kind of blew me away. I had never seen anything quite, say quite that spin. Right. But yeah. So I'll be all vague about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A24 is knocking it out of the park, like you said. And I'm also, as far as newer stuff, goes i i do admit i'm a big fan of jordan peele i mean mm-hmm. he is he's doing some amazing stuff and if, especially considering the guy started out in comedy more yep. or less of yep. uh key and peel he he knows his stuff and his new twilight zone that was on there for a bit i, I don't yep. know if it's still on or not i know it's on paramount network that was good too so yep. i'm uh really happy with that but i figure if we talk about hammer horror and things like that here no that stuff can be spoilers really i mean <laughs> no should... true well, there's, and... there's a whole new line of hammer films that they're putting i know now they got brand new ones <laughs> well, well did I mean... you did you see the did you see the woman in black that had uh that was one of their newer that was one of their newer ones and it had daniel radcliffe in it i i think it blew that, me away i think that was the first thing that radcliffe did after yes. uh, when he was trying to break free of being a child star stereotype mm-hmm. i think that was the first movie he was in and then since then he's gone on to do just like phenomenal indie oh my films God. and and indie horror films he's been in a few that few from a24 that we were just talking yeah. about horns was a good one too that yep. he was in yep. quasi horror but i mean yeah, it it kind of hits that uh that homedy that the homedy maybe that's a new word yeah, comedy horror <laughs> mashup right there you go we got a new word now quick horror comedy is now homedy yeah tra- trademark that <laughs> Copyright Appendix and Entertainment. That's right. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I, I got I got a little weird question here. Like back in the day, there was all we had a lot of um what would I say? The how would you say it? The franchise horror where you'd have right. a, a like one villain. Usually they were I like kind of rotating around a single individual villain. Yeah. I'm curious what if y'all had any personal favorites of those types of iconic villain franchise horror oh my god oh, oh my yeah god. <laughs> nightmare on elm street oh my yeah fantastic i mean freddie was like everybody loved freddie i mean it didn't matter that he was a murdering psychopath former child killer he was everybody's favorite <laughs> and that first i i will admit that first nightmare on elm street is still up there in my top 10 horror movies you know what Good. i think i think the only nightmare on elm street i have ever seen is the first one <laughs> well, i, I really will think that's the only one i've seen <laughs> i know how to catch up yeah they're good i well i mean okay goods relative they're, they're cheesy <laughs> yeah. but they're fun yeah they've they've got that schlocky uh 80s horror cheesy funness to them you know <laughs> um my my personal favorite from sort of that era ish are well, and it's not even I don't like the whole franchise. Um, <laughs> ha- Halloween because I'm a huge Carpenter fan. Oh yeah, uh, the first three I love, even though the third one's not Michael Myers. It did, mm-hmm. you know, the first two were great. I didn't really care for either of the timelines that they started doing with four or five, and then the H two O timelines so much. <laughs> Because they took see, Halloween had a different vibe going for it than the cheesy schlocky slasher films. And they kind of with those movies moved it into that realm. And I was never really a fan of that. I was I was a big fan of the 2018 uh, sequel, 
a little less so with kills kills takes it kills was okay the new one i have not seen yet because uh i haven't gone to the theater to see it and i i did just subscribe to peacock to get it but every single movie i try to watch on peacock right now and they can't tell me why goes to a black screen and all i get is audio oh no yeah i got I got excited because they had all kinds of old universal stuff on there, which I actually think that I have in a universal Blu-ray collection that I have, but that's <laughs> not the point. It was there. It was like, Oh, I can watch cheesy stuff like Dracula's daughter right now. Oh, and I, I turn it on and it's like, Oh man. Yeah. Why I, am we, I getting a black screen? Yeah. So we get, we get Peacock via our cable subscriber network for free. Comcast, okay. NBC, they're all owned by the Peacock are all owned by the same mm-hmm. company, but yeah, I, you know, going to Halloween, I love what they were trying to do with Halloween season at the Witch. I don't mm-hmm. think they executed it as well as they wanted, but the whole idea, I think, was a good one. Yep. Yeah. So, I, the season of the Witch was the third one, correct? Is that when you're talking? Yep, so, right. so what they were doing was they were attempting to, just so that listeners know if they don't know, that they were attempting to if i'm wrong correct me but from what i understand they were trying to make halloween a movie series that has like a different a different story each time it wasn't yeah, just like an anthology yeah that, that was actually carpenter's original intent for the series when they decided to do sequels but the <laughs> studio really wanted him to do more michael myers so he did the sequel that he kind of started writing mm-hmm. and then people got upset because the third one wasn't about michael myers now <laughs> <laughs> and by the time that the third one hit, we were already deep into, you know, the sequels of Friday the 13th. So people expected returning killer. Yeah. Yep. So it kind of just Halloween is Michael Myers. And even though it wasn't intended to be. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I really with with everything that uh, Carpenter has put out over the years, I really wish that I would have been able to see him continue that as an anthology series and see what he did. I think it would have been great. It would have been like having an American Horror Story but a cinematic version 20 years you know earlier yeah, 30 yeah. years as made by john carpenter which would right. have made it uh, every one of them great in their own right i mean exactly i love season of the witch despite the the or or maybe because of the schlockiness that i got i mean right. you've got you, you've got uh, a, a warlock trying to have the ultimate Samhain sacrifice any by you know making masks <laughs> with robots <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean warlock with a factory full of robots that's it's like one of the most gameable movies in history <laughs> we'd all we'd almost have to wait for full moon uh stu- full moon uh studios to get anything similar <laughs> yeah uh they were fun too i en- i enjoyed all those flicks were they the ones that were doing uh, puppet master and stuff yes. like that yep Yes, and my my personal favorite subspecies. Yep. I don't know if I've seen the subspecies. Ah, uh, if you love vampire subspecies, is the way to go. Yep, this especially, especially it, if you want crazy cheesy stuff, it's awesome. It is. it is, it's great, and I will happily admit that I stole everything from it wholesale and stuck it into my Ravenloft campaign back <laughs> in the nineties. Nice. I can remember sitting in my uh, I can remember sitting in my computer in my old uh, apartment in, in university, just fiercely watching the movie and typing shit up. Yeah, uh, thinking that was oh, this is great. I got to do this stuff. Nice. 
Now, the the vampire in that, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure his name was Radu, and he was named for Vlad the Impaler's brother. Yes, and in the movie, he was supposed to be Dracula's son, I think. And wasn't I it? You're right. I'm trying to remember who played. They had an old vampire in it. I think it was Angus Scrim in the beginning from uh, the Phantasm series, playing the old vampire that who's supposed to be his father that he kills. I think you're right, and that's actually on my Halloween to watch list. I don't own copies of any of the subspecies stuff, but it's on. It's all on Shutter right now. It's all on Shutter. Yeah. And years ago, I picked up this DVD set that had like all five movies of it in one package. Nice. So. That was great as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know where it is. I normally have all my DVDs here somewhere. It's probably there. Eh, I don't see it. Let's oh, let's, well. re- let's do a quick rewind because you mentioned something there. Uh, it was the, uh, the Phantasm series. That was oh, a yeah. really interesting series of movies there. I, I it, it was it was what was interesting. Well, this is just kind of a side note as you're watching these series of films and all of a sudden, Mike, I think it was the kid's name, wasn't it? It's suddenly so. someone just totally different halfway through the series. <laughs> they just completely replaced him. That always oh, threw yeah. me off watching it. Yeah. But I think they stayed. There was another main character named Reggie, who I think pretty much was consistently Reggie and the tall man were consistently the same right. people. Yep. Yeah, the uh, little tidbit here, since it's also a gaming podcast, I've been <laughs> the uh, the Sentinel Spheres in that movie. I've been working off a a serial numbers filed off version of those for OSE. That's oh, going nice. to be. I don't know if they'll be making it into the gateway to adventure things, but there's a particular mm-hmm. character from my world who is a magic user that specializes in orb spells. So all of his spells are going to be there. So in some future installment, you're probably going to see his that because the, the character that was uh, has, you know, Sentinel spheres because he, he specializes in orbs. So <laughs> yeah. they'll be in something not called <laughs> that, but, you know, <laughs> they'll be there. They'll be will, there. There, will there be an ice cream truck? Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there should be. <laughs> If there's not there, that'll be a future product. Uh, yeah. Well, I, and I was there thinking, and, you know, we talked about this on the last time you had me on, but my personal appendix in isn't a bunch of sword and sorcery novels. It's all hammer horror and yeah. cheesy horror from the eighties. I mean, that that's where my gaming material uh, mostly comes from. So for me, there's always I always love finding game material in any movies I watch, and yeah. even going back to the Universal Horror. But that's you know, monsters are how I got interested in D and D to begin with. Yep, yeah, that was a part of it. Um, I've got a book sitting right to my left over here, right, right at my left. Daniel Cohen's Monsters. Oh, oh the heck yeah, this, of monsters. <laughs> yep. uh, Cohen was. One of my earlier. Uh, and there's mine. Nice. Oh, that's that is the. Uh, yep, that's. Yep. It, yep, uh, that's my filter is getting rid of it, but for yep. those of you who can't see, I pulled out my monsters, giants, and little men from Mars from yep. Daniel Cohen. Yep. That's why all my games have a uh, hodag in them. My game. Uh, I had uh, <laughs> in high school. <laughs> my players had a hodag farm because of those monster encyclopedias. Oh, they yeah. captured and rounded them up and had this little. 
it wasn't a farm per se, but they referred to it as the hodag farm where they were breeding hodags in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the, the, uh, Daniel Cohen monster books were mm-hmm. one of my early, um, pre-gaming exposures to bestiaries and in fact that that particular one i as an adult i made it a point to find a copy because mm-hmm. that was probably the first bestiary that i had ever read and uh you know that combined with uh you know exposure to lord of the rings and saturday afternoon horror movies it, it, when i was a kid were what got me really interested in in gaming once it came my way and i saw it and going oh this is like all that stuff. My personal appendix then has plenty of swords and sorcery stuff and, and high fantasy stuff. But it, I mean, if you flip through any of my books where I literally have an appendix end of what inspired them, there's always tons of horror stuff in it. In fact, I think all, I, I don't think that any of my, the three adventures that I currently publish have anything, but uh, horror is their main driving factor behind it, you know? There's there's some hammer stuff in every one of those, I believe. Yeah. So then the, I've got something I've been tinkering around with. It's mostly because I can't quite work out Act Three, but I've got a an adventure to take people. And I've been referring to it as Halfling Folklore. It's basically, you know, what if the Wicker Man came to the Shire? Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> so nice. I've got that, and you know, these little halflings have to make sure their crops uh, are fertile <laughs> every year. And guess how they do that. That's fantastic. So they, they wait for wandering adventures. That's right. <laughs> nice. Well, that's, that's about, that that's pipe awesome. weed's got to grow somehow. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm in the, I'm in the odd position where I have all the art for it. I just, I'm not done writing it. And my wife was bugging me about it the other day. She goes, "Hey, remember that adventure you were telling me about? Are you done with that yet?" No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, that's that's likely going to happen with the Gateway to Adventure books because we just funded those, and I'm so far off of writing. But I want to get people working on the art, especially before the first of this year, so I can pay people. So I'm not taxed on that money. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway. Well, there's probably more horror in my appendix end than fantasy all around. Easily same. Yeah. And I mean, for me, a lot of it came from, so I get, I get this double whammy. My dad loved horror movies. Mm -hmm. Although at the time Mm -hmm. when I was little, we called them monster movies. Yeah. We would love to sit there. We'd watch all the Godzilla movies together. Uh, We, make a habit of watching plan nine from outer space together. Any chance we get. Oh, I love that. I I like that. Love (laughs) it. So we, we, I'd have this going on with my dad. And of course he had all these encyclopedias of old movies. So my favorite one was the monsters from the silent era. Yeah. So I'd go through that. And then I got my mom over here telling all of us kids, these blood curdling horror stories of where she grew up, you know, stories about how these two kids, killed each other in a schoolroom, and their blood kept seeping up through the floor, even when they had ripped the floor out. And she's <laughs> telling us, you know, little kids this, and we're all there going, yeah, yeah, what happened next? Did they ever, you know, did, were their faces coming up in the floor too? <laughs> um, so for me, it always, I mean, my start in d d was horror-based. I mean, my first character was a total Van Helsing ripoff. <laughs> I fully admit that, and that's, that's great. That's, you know, to me, that's how I got in. And when I saw, picked up a monster manual, I'm like, wow, this is, you know, 
all the monsters from mythology. And I've got mummies and Frankenstein, you know, and the flesh golem and vampires. This is great. Why am I not playing this now? And this was, you know, in 79. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I wasn't playing it before that because there wasn't that much before that. So I got a question for you, too. Are there any of of, uh, any horror movies you'd say would be your top one or two all time favorites that you always go back to? I'm always a fan of anything Dracula. I'm always I'm a big Dracula fan. So I do enjoy the uh, the Coppola version from the 90s, even though I can't stand (laughs) the love story that they inserted into it. That's just completely bogus. (laughs) But visually speaking it's gorgeous it's, it's cool and yeah. i do i do enjoy it i'm glad that they got all of these people in there and even over the years i've i've, I've lessened my i've softened my stance on keanu reeves as jonathan harker <laughs> at first i was like no 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 this isn't working but well he, before that you know you mainly knew him from like private Excellent. idaho and bill and ted's right Excellent. yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i kept expecting to go no way van helsing but uh <laughs> yeah I, I i've softened my stance on it. and of course you know everybody else in it was absolutely fantastic yeah so i love going i go i go back to vampire movies and i have to also admit I love any story with Elizabeth Bathory in it. So Countess Dracula with Ingrid Ingrid Pitt in it or Daughters of Darkness, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely fantastic. Um, So I'm always headed back. You know, I love those. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm kind of a vampire nut to be honest with you. I love vampires too. The, the, uh, all nine of the hammer Dracula's, the, the, uh, the Karnstein trilogy too. Karnstein trilogy ties, uh, if you read in Solar Sanctuary of the Cannibal Corpse, there's definite ties in there to um, in the backdrop for it that I will eventually finish out the series that's a part of. But that is heavily Karnstein. I, I believe that the, the that uh, the vampire in that is a Karnstein, actually. But even though he is very much a tribute to Christopher Lee Dracula himself, he's a Karnstein to lead you more once the other adventures come around but anyway yeah the, those are definitely go-tos for me um john carpenter's the fog i watch oh, I at love. least at least once a year uh usually i actually watch it in april when it's closer to the date that the the movie is supposed to take place but I, I just watched it the other night as part of my halloween countdown i need to rewatch it and then uh there, there was another one that i always watch that oh the, the one of my favorite horror movies of all time absolutely period in fact i i rank it up there as one of my favorite movies of all time and as far as i'm concerned one of the greatest movies i rank it up there with jaws as one of the best movies ever the exorcist the oh, first the one exorcist. is i love that stuff i mean it's spawned, <laughs> it, it spawned a genre and it's great as a movie period yeah. um no, the Exorcist genre period I, is my favorite horror genre, especially for current films. Like I, I uh, love exorcism movies with pretty well, hard exercise people. I spent, if it wasn't last year, it was the year before. I decided I was going to do nothing but watch movies prior to The Exorcist, and then watch a movies after. The Exorcist mm-hmm. for the next year, and there is a marked difference. I mean, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. seventy three was such a great year 
for horror, especially Italian horror. Mm-hmm. And if you if you swing by my blog and you can go back into the back post, you'll see all of this stuff. But yeah, there's there's a there's a mark. There's before The Exorcist, and then there's after yep. when it comes to horror. And yep. there's a distinct difference. Sometimes the movies aren't necessarily better, <laughs> but yeah. There is a everybody wanted after seventy three. Everybody wanted to do an Exorcist movie, and yep. that, that is definitely probably one of my top three horror movies, scariest horror movies mm-hmm. of all time. I was even writing some stuff today that I'm trying to get ready to post that the effects the Exorcist had. Man, it's it's why Oktoberfest has exorcism rules in it. Perfect, straight up. And, and when I was writing those rules initially uh, on the Gamers and Grognards blog before I started appendix and entertainment uh it i watched the movie expressly to look at exactly how they did it um for the flavor text and whatnot so it uh yeah it's it's by and far one of the great horror movies of all time well and it left an undeniable mark Mm -hmm. on D D because just go through and just start reading all of the entries of pazuzu Yep. <laughs> you know, every, I mean, seriously, though, I mean, I just spent some time today reviewing some third and fourth edition uh, demon material. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is going to be in the past. But anyway, you can still see the fingerprints of the exorcist all over that material. Oh, yeah. I mean, Pazuzu gets, you know, pretty much top billing in terms of demons. And that is entirely due to the exorcist. Oh, yeah. he Without the exorcist, no one that isn't studying ancient Babylon would have any idea what Pazuzu was. Pazuzu was basically a minor disease demon in in Babylon. And the exorcist just shot him way up there in the hierarchy of demons. I mean, hell, he's not even in the Goetia, right? So exactly. (laughs) Well, if you're, if you read that, there's lots, my, my theory about that is, is, you see lots of demons that start with the letter A and starts with the letter, and then a lot more that start with B. And by the time they get down to the P's, they, the the priests and everybody who was writing this started running out of ideas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's true. And I, I'd put that up there. And another one for better or for worse that I will always stick up there as a solid horror gamer movie is The Lost Boys. Yes. Oh, yeah um there's we're uh, you know i'll talk about it right now because it makes sense on a halloween episode anyway post gateway to adventure we have and, and there's so many out there but we have our own kids on bikes thing coming out cool um that's all d6 based it has it doesn't fit with you know osc or any old school it's got the old school mentality of gaming, but it's probably more of an NSR game overall, right? Yeah. Nice. Um, it, the entire thing deals with using D sixes and successes, but it's it it's an entire system. But the first game we're putting out that runs on it is going to be a kids on bikes game that we're calling 1980 X, nice. because it's all in the eighties, no matter what. That's your genre. It's extraordinarily rules light kids on bikes. What we've been playtesting it, I playtested a few different uh, kind of mythos based things at conventions but what we've been playing testing it with with my home group is uh vampires explicitly vampires versus werewolves with the Mm. kids in the middle of this whole thing with the teenagers in the middle of the whole thing and dracula is the big bad trying to figure out stuff okay the two you've already you've already got me you already got me to buy it so the two (laughs) uh, that particular adventure um trilogy 
is is most heavily based on Fright Night, The Lost Boys. Huh. The Lost Boys figure figures so heavily into the way that I had it laid out. What was the third movie that I had in there? The Monster Squad. Nice. Yeah. Good deal. So Lost Boys is what brought me onto that. Um, if you look at the, the town in, uh, in Solar Sanctuary of the Cannibal Corpse is a tribute to the Lost Boys as well. Santa Carla, yeah. St. Clark, Carla's Bridges. And if you look at the old man who lives on the outskirts of town that used to be a vampire hunter, I've even got the reference in there that he lives on the outside of town, the outskirts of town, because that's as close to town as he wants to get. <laughs> <laughs> And That's if you wonderful. know the Lost Boys, you know exactly yeah. where that comes from. Well, and if you see the if you see the new movie Day Shift, uh, Snoop Dogg drops a couple lines about that oh, nice. in That's... in it too. So I, just, I that was the first movie I watched for this uh, for this uh, challenge. Nice. That's on my watch list this year too. So it was That's awesome. It was fun, and uh, yeah. you actually you should. It's a total Lost Boys. Uh, you know they they pay like, homage to that and John Carpenter's Vampires. Nice. So. Another good gamer movie. Awesome. Oh, that's pretty much all of Night Shift right there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a few of my personal favorites and ask y'all uh, y'all opinions, thoughts, etc. Sure. So I have there's three that I have been real big fans of. Like I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Three of the series or whatever that are out there but specifically three maybe my favorites of the slasher stuff i really for some reason when i was a kid got obsessed with texas chainsaw massacre especially those first two movies the the first two are pretty good yeah and uh the other one that i really got into when it came to 80s like genre like like i was talking about before where the you have the monster that is kind of dominant throughout the series was i was a huge hellraiser fan Oh yeah, I loved Hellraiser. Every year I have to watch. Probably one I love before either one of them is every year I love. I have. I, I I liked it around Halloween. I like to sit down and watch the old Universal Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. I kind of yep. consider the two of them as oh, all man. three of those. I feel like the first two go together. Last <laughs> like year, the first two are where it's at. <laughs> last year, last year I went and saw uh, both of them, and Dracula were showing as like a triple feature at an Imagine Theaters up here. Which Dracula, it, the uh, Bella Lugosi, the first, it was the, they did uh, they did Dracula first, I believe, and then Frankenstein and then Bride all yes. in nice. a row with with intermissions in there to go to the bathroom, which they're not that long of movies anyway. Like, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure all three of them totaled up to me sitting through a Marvel movie, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> possibly probably the length of infinity wars watching. Yep. You know, you could almost argue that Bride of Frankenstein, the universal with Elsa Lancaster was probably closer to the spirit of the original novel. Oh yeah. Than yes. the movie was. So, yeah. I mean, it is, I honestly think it's a superior movie. Oh, Bride of Frankenstein was, it's, it's a brilliant film. I, I love it. I love it. It still holds up to this day. I love mm-hmm. them both, but that bride is where it's at. You got to, you got to watch them both together. My That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I agree. Back to back. I like, I like, I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I remember seeing it for the first time at a, at the route at the route 66 or excuse me, route 67 drive-in theater just <laughs> south of where I grew up. So I did see that one in a, I did see that one in a drive-in, which I think that's where you have to see it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I do feel bad for people today who can't enjoy drive-ins, 
but Hellraiser, man, I loved the first three Hellraiser movies. And I just, I ate those up and I was trying to show them. And this, of course, the interesting story here is I was trying to show my wife, we just got married and I rented the first Hellraiser movie and I wanted to show it to her and I got it from Blockbuster and listeners will already know where my mistake lies there. (laughs) Um, I got it from Blockbuster and it was so heavily edited. I threw an absolute fit and I just, she couldn't enjoy it because I'm over there complaining and screaming at the TV too much because the copy that I had was so edited. That, now the real quick, suck. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, so I finally, I finally showed her. She's not a fan of horror movies. I can get, I can usually convince her to watch one or two uh, in October and that's about it. Although we did see the new Hellraiser. Together. Okay, I was going to ask about that since Hellraiser was brought up. Yeah, exactly. So we did see that. I personally, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I think Hellraiser, even some of the lesser known sequels that were later on, they always did something slightly more interesting with it than, and some of the mm-hmm. sequels are better, I feel, than some people gave them credit for. They threw me for a loop in some of those, and and I what the and I think I have to give them credit for that. So, as a consistent thing throughout, they try something different often. And the new one, they definitely did something different with the bot, the puzzle box itself, which I thought was kind of interesting. The way yeah, they that was that. interesting. Yeah, I, I without spoiling it, I, I yeah, it was. I liked it. I liked it a lot more than some of the sequels, but not as much as some of the other sequels. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard to measure it to the original because the original, when it came out, was completely unlike anything else we'd seen before. Yep. I mean, think about who, you know, we've been talking about franchises and, and the monsters. Mm-hmm. Think about how different Pinhead is from Jason or from Freddy or from, <laughs> yep. you know, Michael Myers. I mean, Jason and Michael Myers never say a word. Freddy's the smartass. Pinhead has got this very precise british accent i mean you know that this guy is a hell of a lot smarter than you are and he's also a hell of a lot scarier than those other guys Mm -hmm. so pinhead was something completely different than anything we'd seen before yep everything about it was different than anything that we'd seen before i think that's a part of what drew me heavily to it for the first and second films Mm -hmm. i wasn't as big a fan of the third film because they made some they made some drastic changes right. to what it was all about in the third one. And in the fourth one, they kind of went back to what it was all about and had the weird the fourth one was uh, that was bloodlines. Correct. Was that Pinhead in that space? Fourth, that, that Pinhead in space was part of it because and that's the part <laughs> that people remember because they remember that it was kind of cheesy having the space station. The space that was box, also yeah. a puzzle yeah, box. Space box. Yeah. But, um, but it also dealt uh, delved into the history which i enjoyed a lot yeah. with the creation of the mm-hmm. first box right and and how you know and oh, i, I don't think that i've was... seen that one since the 90s <laughs> yeah that one, I don't one think the other sequel that i really liked from it was and i i can't remember the title the the one that was the one that had the detective yes i liked the detective that one was one. really good and that one wasn't even intended to be that was actually a script for another movie and right. but they had to loop. But they had to make a Hellraiser movie to keep the uh, to keep the franchise going and to keep the uh, the rights. rights. So they wrote uh, Cenobites into the movie. And now that that's good. I like it's, I liked it. I like I liked that one. And I was pleasantly surprised when I saw it when it came out. I was like, oh, good. That was something refreshing and different with 
Hellraiser and it worked well. <laughs> yeah, I need to. I'm actually supposed to rewatch all of the Hellraiser movies for this uh, for this October Horror Fest. I'm thinking of doing it maybe this weekend, or nice. I guess this would have already passed by the time everybody hears this. <laughs> weekend yeah, we, before the weekend of the 20, 20 it's going to be the 22nd and the 23rd. So if I didn't do it, you'll know I ran into something else. Yeah, I think our plan is for this to be the Halloween Day special of Wobblies and Wizards. So it should be Fantastic. the 31st, Perfect. the 31st, which is, is that a Monday this year? That's a Monday. Yep. That's what yeah, I I'm, ta- I'm taking it off work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be out. I think there might be some other things going on that day as well. I'm excited. I love Halloween. <laughs> oh, it's my favorite. Day after Halloween, um, you brought up uh italian horror when we were talking about things in the 70s that came you know things that came after the exorcist i will be seeing suspiria oh the original or the new one the original with goblin performing the soundtrack live oh interesting oh yeah i saw (laughs) goblin in 2012 when they came for their first american tour which is crazy that they've been around since the 70s and that's the first time they came here and that was phenomenal um, all around the the uh, it sort it was in a place up here in, in Michigan in Pontiac called Crowfoot, and the Crowfoot Ballroom hosts a lot of small metal shows and whatnot. But they've Sweet. got TVs around the whole place, so they had scenes from every film that they were doing score to on that. And then uh, during their non Argento pieces that were just from their own albums they just had all kinds of weird psychedelic horror imagery going on but yeah it's going to be goblin performing the soundtrack to the movie while the movie's playing then in intermission then they're going to come back and do a greatest hits of all of argento's films wow yeah it's gonna be a show man cool yep have you seen all three movies of the uh the mother series superior superior is the first one and it's like mother of tears and then the church or the church and yep. the mother of tears. But yeah. I own I, them all. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've seen them at different points and I've done them at different points during my October uh, horror fest. I kind of want to watch them all three back to back again, just to get the best, you know, out of it. Argento is one of those directors though. I can take him, you know, either I really like what he's doing or I hate it. Yeah. No, I, I get that. He's a, he's a bit he's a bit like um, Jesse Jesse Franco in that respect yeah. too. Yes, he is. Um, a, a lot of the a lot of the uh, Italian and French filmmakers, especially at that time, I kind of feel very yeah. similar about. Jean Rolin is yep. another one. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I like some of his stuff, but I mean, and then I watch something else of his. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, and it, it takes a lot for me to say, what the hell is this? I'm a huge David Lynch fan, so oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes a whole lot for me to say, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, I'm a huge Cronenberg fan, too. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm going to bring up one more I'm going to ask you all about that I was a big fan of back in the day. Lucio Fulci, too. I, I like oh, some of the yeah. stuff Fulci did. Yep. But, oh, yes. yeah. but, um, but that's a side <laughs> I feel that there's always like one of my when it came to a genre of horror, like as I feel there's sub genres, mm-hmm. there was the zombie genre, which the zombie genre in general. When I saw the remake of the Dawn of the Dead, I was like the last zombie movie I ever wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm done with it. But growing up, the original Dawn of the Dead, even more so than Night of the Living Dead. 
mm-hmm. was one of my all-time favorites. I was yep. nuts over that movie. Day of the Dead was all right. And I had to have seen he made a what was it? he made a couple more recently, like within the last 20 years in the like there was a what was it? Land, Land of the Dead. Um, I, vaguely Land of the, rem- I think I saw it, but I vaguely remember Land of the Dead was the very it was very much the uh, latter day, you know, Walking Dead thing mm-hmm. that he did where the people have a civilization inside that building. That's like mm-hmm. a fortress. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember. I, I vaguely remember. I, know I, I, I think I think that he did one. Uh, he did. He did. One I think called Island of the Dead. I've that only one watched. I might his, not have seen. I've only watched his later stuff like maybe once each. And Island of the Dead might not have actually been him. I don't yeah, recall. I, don't I only watched it once when it came out in like you know whatever yeah. in the in the mid to late two thousands or whatever. So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of zombie movies. I'll be perfectly honest with you. It was never a <laughs> genre that clicked with me. I mean, I picked up a lot later when I was working with Eaton Studios, and I pitched a couple of books for All Flesh Must Be Eaten mm-hmm. uh, for them. One of which was an '80s one that <laughs> I didn't get, that I'm trying to find a way to retool, um, called "Oh My God, Totally Zombies." Uh, <laughs> I still want to use that somewhere, so I got to figure out how. <laughs> but um, yeah, zombies never really did it for me. It's it, you know that that's the one genre that that in the cannibal genre never got i never clicked with those very well because mm-hmm. i uh, saw that cannibal uh cannibal, cannibal holocaust? holocaust yeah cannibal ho- with the, all the turtles and stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't it was gross yeah <laughs> see i i liked romero's zombie movies but i liked them when i was starting to discover zombie movies mm-hmm. because it was something different it yeah. was its own genre it was something different <laughs> but most zombie movies are just it's kind of like getting into um crappy rpgs where it's trying to define itself by being the same as or different than D. this is like this zombie movie is the same as or different than george romero right (laughs) so and it's all kind of is just more of the same sort of thing so it's kind of you know there's very little of it I, i was actually even as a teenager i was a latecomer to discovering evil dead because I did not realize for a while that it was not just a zombie movie. (laughs) And then I saw it and I'm going, holy shit. (laughs) I definitely remember. This is amazing. Those were, those were, this is something completely different. (laughs) Those evil dead movies, (laughs) especially when army of darkness was coming out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When everybody was going like, cause they were, they had the, on the back of all the comics at the time and everything. And all my buddies were going on about it. it was That's when I actually discovered it because, <laughs> uh, because I was watching it and my cousin mentioned to me, he's like, yeah, that's the sequel to evil dead too. I'm like, Wait. So those aren't just zombie movies. Like, no, you thought they were just zombie movies. I'm like, Oh shit. Well now I need to see them <laughs> like all of them, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Army of Darkness is fantastic. That's also that's yep. de- easily another gamer movie. Oh yeah, and, a, and one of the best RPGs I ever worked on too. I think. Yeah, you did work on that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. I love that game. I did. It was around the same time we were doing Buffy too. I am still to this day uh, a strong believer that many many movies can be improved by just bringing in Bruce Campbell. I do not <laughs> disagree with that. Yeah, yeah I can't either. <laughs> 
I think we've I think we've proven that with the Marvel universe anyway. And yeah, uh, you know, it it it's still kind of on topic too. Freaking, and I can't find a copy to save my life anywhere. But of Evil uh, Dead, no. I mean, of Army of Darkness, no. That I've got. Oh, okay. my name is Bruce. Oh, oh, yeah. Where he's playing himself, and the kids all think that he's ash <laughs> and they want him to fight monsters and he's thinking that is just a big publicity thing these kids want him to do <laughs> oh, like galaxy quest if they'd actually hired shatner <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well we are coming up on time uh, uh, or at least time for this episode <laughs> it's the halloween special i wanted to see if you two could tell the listeners where the where they can find y'all online and uh, sure. maybe a quick idea of uh, some of the games you have that they could, should be, they should check out. And if they haven't had a chance to check out. <laughs> well, Ryan's got some new stuff coming out. So let's let him go first. Go all for right. it. So I do, you can find me and, and, and uh, links to all of my social medias, email, etc., at www.appendixnentertainment.com. We just, this past weekend, which is a couple weekends ago from the actual air date, uh, <laughs> finished funding our Gateway to Adventure trilogy of hardback supplemental books for uh, OSE. That sometime in the winter, if you keep following me, um, we will end up having pre-orders go up for all of those. And I'm probably using Backer Kit. I'm working with Backer Kit for another one right now which by the time this airs will be live for pre-orders for our first monster manual, the creature companion. Um, so look for that. If you need more monsters for your OSE and other OSR games, we yeah. always need monsters. And these are all okay. <laughs> because I'm going to drop something here that only backers to this point know about. There are some very Halloween monsters in this thing based on who I am. Um, I fully statted out the boogeyman for Sweet. OSE and they are cool. Um, some other cool stuff in there. So watch out for that one. So those are the two big new things we've got coming up. Uh, and right now, um, I, I will keep the sale running for a few days after this. If you're new to our material, we have a couple of uh, Halloween and horror themed products out there already. Uh, for old school essentials, we have Octoberfest, which brings Halloween and all kinds of monster movie creatures and a full witchcraft supplement into OSE. And the other big one that fits with the theme of the day is Solar Sanctuary of the Cannibal Corpse, which is our adventure that is a tribute to both Hammer Horror's Dracula and Karnstein Vampire series, as well as a tribute to George Romero's early zombie movies, all wrapped up into one thing. So yeah, if you're, if you're an old school gamer, you should get where Ryan's uh, gateway to adventure comes from, which probably is the coolest name that, I, that i'm surprised nobody else has used already i when i decided that i was going to use it for the osc products i actually double checked everywhere to make yeah. sure that nobody picked this up because i had a hard time not believing since yeah, it was exactly the, it was the tsr catalog that came in bx i'm going that is perfect to supplement old it's school a, essentials material absolutely. it's a no-brainer it really was it was it was it was so it was just so perfect. I am shocked that nobody else had come up with it before, but Hey, I'm glad you did yep. because you've got your, um, I'll, I'll, I'll wax a bit 
about your Kickstarter. Those books look fantastic. I'm really looking. Thank you. I'm, I, I, I backed it. I'm happy to get them. So I'm looking forward to those. Yeah, we're going to have we're going to have some great stuff in there. Some there's some stuff that's going to be rehashes of previous products uh, sort of redone. Like I wasn't our, our first product with character classes in it for OSE was uh, lost classes, the Arnesonian classes. Mm -hmm. And the classes are all pretty good from an early uh, DIY perspective, but they don't quite fit into the tight format of OSE. And I wanted to tighten those up a bit, you know, and uh, the witch that's in Octoberfest is making a reappearance in that as well, because witches are very fundamental to my campaign setting. So it would have been dumb for me to not have it in a book of, of supplemental materials that come out of my campaign. Right. So. And we use your witch hunter. It might actually, I've printed out pretty much all the classes from everybody's books. Nice. So I got a nice binder. That's a lot of classes right now. <laughs> I have the, I, I can't reach the binder from where I'm at. It's my son is going to be using it for his uh, Halloween weekend game, but I use your, I use your um, witch hunter in that so that's a choice that somebody can take this time yep. around i yep. use my own witch i'll be <laughs> well, you, 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 you got so many traditions out there it's, yeah so it, yep. we use that but so for me what do i got going on oh my god so you can all find me at uh, timsbrannon.com t-i-m-s-b-r-a-n-n-a-n.com that'll take you pretty much to my blog and everything else there's definitely there's sales in all my basic era witch products. So I've got a different witch book for every basic clone out there. For OSC, it's the Pagan Witch. For Labyrinth Lord, I've got my Pumpkin Spice Witch, which I absolutely adore. Started out as a complete and utter joke. And I started having so much fun with it. It's just my dedication and homage to everything I love about fall. Uh, so those are all on sale on drive-thru right now. Of course, we have... Uh, you know, Night Shift, Veterans of the Supernatural Wars Out, which is our modern supernatural uh, horror role-playing game, which I have to admit is doing rather well, and I'm looking forward Excellent. to it. It's good to see and you. I'm hoping to get some more material out for it. And likewise, I also, I, it's not quite ready, I, although I've been talking about it forever, it feels like. Uh, I'm hoping to start getting copies of it rolling out in 2023, but my basic Beast Cherry. It's not, it's monster books. They're themed. I am not gearing it towards any one particular flavor of basic. I've been using sort of a modified stat block that you can find on my blog on my Monstrous Mondays. So it's just basically going to be a lot of monsters, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that I've been picking out over the years. So a lot of fairy monsters, a lot of undead, lots of undead, Um, lots of demons, lots of devils. So those are coming out, and I'll probably also be putting some out for 5e because I've been having a lot of fun with that as well. But basic BX area, that's where, you know, that's where my joy is. Excellent. No Kickstarter for that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to make them sort of self-sustainable at this point. Good, good. In terms of art. I don't, and after, after a night shift, I don't want to do any Kickstarters for a bit. Well, I want to thank you all for coming on. It's, it's been a great a great time uh, all you listeners have a happy halloween <laughs> great happy halloween everyone happy halloween if you've enjoyed what you've heard give us a positive review wherever you're listening you can find us on facebook search wild blues and wizards wild blues and wizards.com is our blog 
I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really use support. Patreon.com backslash Wildlies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. <laughs>